1: Welcome back to the third hour of Monday's Colina Bradley show here on My Talk 1071, streaming live just after the two o'clock hour this Monday, December 28th, wrapping up 2020. Oh, thank God. I'm Bradley Trainer, that's Holly Roberts, and we have a question for you. Holly brought it today. What's the restaurant you thought was fancy, but it wasn't really that fancy. 651-641-1071. Holly, why are we asking that question?
0: Uh, because this question came up on Twitter. Now, I think that uh, Bradley, we at the Colleen and Bradley Show, have had this conversation in the past. But it's probably been a long time. And let's just it's remember... It's a good
1: question. Yeah. It deserves being asked multiple times.
0: Remember restaurants and sitting inside of them?
1: What's that?
0: Exactly. <laughs> so somebody when was it? The- Go ahead, Really
1: quickly, what was the last, do you remember the last restaurant you sat in?
0: Yeah, I think it was in February, and it was a restaurant called Renata in Minneapolis on Hennepin Avenue. A delightful Italian place, which I believe is still open for carryout. Why don't you go hit them up and get a pizza?
1: Please go get carryout, take out, pick up whatever's available, where you're at. Yes. Okay, Holly, so... Um, is there one and by the way, six five one, six four one, one oh seven one, fancy restaurants.
0: Fancy restaurants. So somebody named John Christ, he simply asked the following on Twitter over the weekend. What restaurant did you think was nice as a kid, but when you became an adult realized it wasn't that nice? Yeah, you know, what was the restaurant that when you were a kid growing up, the family got in the car and you guys were all heading to I for example, for me, it was the Olive Garden. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think, I don't know when Minnesota got Olive Gardens. Probably sometime in the 90s. But when we w- used to go out to my grandma's house in San Jose, California, they had an Olive Garden. And that <laughs> Olive Garden had cloth napkins. Ooh. Ooh that was tray Chic and you got very very fancy and they had the low lighting and the Frank Sinatra music and and tastes of Tuscany I mean how fancy was that? and I bet you
1: anything they had mints on the hostess stand uh, upon your departure you could have a free mint
0: (laughs) (laughs) so fancy right so the last time I went to an olive garden it was last year and I did this thing because my partner that's
1: right I remember
0: yeah had never been to an olive garden before it's a long story i went there had a delightful experience but i wouldn't call it fancy at all yeah
1: it's well it's just we've all moved on right like our right. levels of fancy have um have completely changed and and it's because like we've revolutionized the way we eat out or we had anyway and you know at one point uh, restaurants like Olive Garden really were fancy because it was it was unique. It was something new in the world, right? Like, we can go to this place that will, you know, take us by virtue of a plate of food to another country. Mm. This is just so fascinating. What? And the fact that you could get that same plate anywhere that you went to that restaurant, right? Like, that, that was a big deal. Right. Because other than... You know, fast food, you really didn't have that experience until, I don't know what, like the late 80s, early 90s. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there were restaurants, I don't know actually when, I'm, I'm a little perhaps uh, hyperbolizing a little bit. But because for me, I think of Red Lobster. Oh, yeah. Like growing up in the Midwest, um, between Chicago and and parts of uh, Wisconsin, a place like Red Lobster was just like unheard of, the fact that you could walk into a restaurant in the middle of uh, the Midwest and have lobster and shrimp. I mean, this was also at a time, it sounds so hokey now, but this was also at a time when seafood, uh, you know, from the Gulf Coast was very rare. It wasn't something, it was basically fancy people could get their hands on on a lobster, but all of a sudden, you know, those of us in the suburbs could... You know, feel like we were super fancy cracking some lobster claws.
0: Mmm, Trey Chic. Let's go to tre Mary.
1: Chic. All right, Mary's on the phone. Okay, Mary, what is the restaurant that you thought was totally fancy, but maybe wasn't really that fancy? Hey, Mary.
0: Hi. Were you just talking about Red Lobster? That's yes,
1: I... is that yours?
0: Yeah, and also a uh, Mr. Steak. I don't know if you remember those.
1: No, what? Tell me about Mr. Steak.
0: Um Mr. Steak is kinda like a Sizzler or about a little bit nicer. My grandpa so, like, always said it was really dark in there and he didn't like to go. <laughs> Do you think it was haunted? I don't know, or he just couldn't see very well. What are the he other? just
1: You can't trust anywhere you can't see. Thanks for that recommendation. That's wonderful. Oh. I like that she mentioned Sizzler because that's another one where like I can go get a steak prepared the way I like it, and I get free trips to the salad bar.
0: What? You know, and (laughs) speaking of steak, I'm glad that Mary brought that up. So for her, it was Mr. Steak. The other fancy restaurant that we usually only went to when Grandma rolled into town was Stuart Anderson's Cattle Company.
1: Oh, for sure. And
0: specifically the location that was on 494, because that location had the dark booths in it. Where you were secluded from oh, the rest boobs. of the <laughs> boots, <laughs> grandma's in town <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's, let's go to, Stuart Anderson. Let's yeah, go the to Stewart Anderson yeah, cattle company Ann. was. <laughs> Cattle Company was a big uh, deal.
0: That was a huge deal. And of course, like the weird child I was, I didn't even take advantage of it. Because every time I would go to Stuart Anderson's Cattle Company with grandma, I'd get the chicken teriyaki. God, what a
1: Ooh, that was what international. A waste.
0: I know. So <laughs> fancy. Again, our perspective of what is fancy. You know, but then again, you consider time and place. And then also on the 494 strip.
1: Well, we were eating, you know, most days we were eating spaghetti out of a can- True.
0: Hamburger helper. (laughs) Which one do you want today? Three cheese or spicy Italian?
1: (laughs) You know, the fact that you could go into a restaurant and somebody else, you know, would bring you an onion that had been sliced several different ways and deep fried was revolutionary.
0: (laughs) Because right. when
1: would you, you're never going to have anything like that at home. It's not like, even today, like, you can buy half a dozen things you get in a restaurant in your freezer section. Like, right, you can get potato skins. Yep. But when we were kids, you couldn't get no potato skins. <laughs> you had to go to Bennigan's, and that was real fancy.
0: Right, or you had to go to the Steak and Ale.
1: Oh, I'd love Steak and Ale.
0: They've got a salad bar, and I don't remember what, no, that's Outback Steakhouse, where you, you get the bread with the knife stuck in it. Like, stabbed. That's yeah, you, fancy.
1: Whenever you go to a steak restaurant, you have to have a knife that's, like, five times the size of a normal knife. Because, oh, this, meat, this steak is so big and steaky. You
0: think that's a knife? That's a, This is a knife.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, God. It memories. was a simpler time, man.
0: Restaurants sitting inside. What we all would soon. not
1: give to sit inside of a Chili's right now. Oh, Am I right? F- oh. And have some sort of, um Southwestern you know, egg rolls. I was going to say Southwestern egg roll. Oh my! Yay! I was like going to say egg roll with another culture's food mashed inside. Because it's a fusion of cultures. Because it's America! On your plate. <laughs> um, I could talk about this all day. Do we have anybody else on the phone? I, won- I don't want to forget anyone.
0: Uh, no, we got to go.
1: Okay, let's go. Um, We'll talk about food in the break, like we always do. But when we come back, we're going to revisit the story that we can't get enough of, as Lori and Julia would say today. And that's the story of Hilaria Baldwin, nay, Hillary Baldwin. We'll talk about her and why she's a hot mess when we come back right here on My Talk
0: 1071.
1: Buenos dias, mi amor. And bienvenidos, uh, the Colleen and Bradley show. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Thank you. Even if I wanted to do my best Hilaria Baldwin, I'm uh, just not capable. You're doing your though. best
0: Hilaria Baldwin right now. <laughs> you don't, don't go change in anything.
1: Aren't we all? Welcome back to the third hour and second segment of the Colleen and Bradley Show. It's approximately 2.15 in the p.m. And we are going to revisit probably the most hilarious, <laughs> see what I did there, story of the day. And that's the story we cannot get enough of, to steal a phrase from Lori and Julia. I grew up... uh I was going to, I don't know, make some like we were pretending to be Laurie and Julia. We're not. Um, The story of Hilaria Baldwin. That is the wife of Alec Baldwin. And she's a, I don't know, what do we call Hilaria Baldwin? A lifestyle guru of some kind?
0: Yeah, I guess she's a...
1: She's more than an influencer, but somewhere between actress and influencer.
0: And presenter, because I think... Hilaria Baldwin has had gigs. She was an extra correspondent. Extra, extra. So she's dabbled in the world of infotainment, in podcasts, in endorsements. So she's just kind of a celebrity about town-ish. And,
1: well, her celebrity star has, um, I don't know, burst into flames over the last week. Um, And she really owned herself, honestly. Um, The world not necessarily giving um, too much thought to what she was up to. Suddenly stopped to pay attention <laughs> this last week, and oh, it's delicious. Oh, and it's delicious in a low stakes way. Like, you can we can all enjoy this story. So, Holly, if you could just really quickly catch us up with why we're so obsessed with Hilaria Baldwin and what she kind of put her foot in this week.
0: Sure. So, Hilaria Baldwin, uh, was given us the story that she was from Spain and that she had spent significant time in Spain and that she was raising her children according to her Spanish heritage and Alec Baldwin's Americanness. Well, according to a sleuth on Twitter who, by the way, congratulations to them. Just a, just an average person like you or me going down a Twitter rabbit hole earlier this week or about a week ago started this whole thread with the following. You have to admire Hilaria Baldwin's commitment to her decade-long grift where she impersonates a Spanish person. And this person has the receipts that go on for days, including but not limited to Hilaria Baldwin, allegedly not under, not being able to grasp the English word for cucumber. Should we listen to that moment?
1: Yeah, let's listen to Hilaria on the Today Show. Um, with a presenter giving her gazpacho recipe um, in an accent that changes over time. But in this particular clip, as you said, she forgets a particular word in English. Let's have a listen.
0: We have very few ingredients. We have tomatoes. We have, um, a, how, it, cucumber. we have, <laughs> how um, do you say Cucumbers. Cucumbers. We have.
1: What? What? You what? speak English. You You were yes. raised in the United States. Oh, yes, my. you also did live in Spain when your parents apparently seemingly moved to Spain. I don't know if it was in retirement. Frankly, I don't care about the specifics because this is what's happening with the story. She clearly is pretending to be something she's not. Yeah, That's just, trust us, and that's she, clear.
0: Yeah, and she has been doing this for years, but then not only that, is that she's been monetizing, making a career off of this false persona by all the evidence that has been laid out before us
1: and it's not just an appreciation of another culture which is a totally possible and laudable thing like we've all you know gone to a place (laughs) somebody (laughs) said this is like uh i can't think of the exact tweet so i'll butcher it but anyway just somebody saying like we can all relate to this right like we all know somebody who studied abroad and came back and was suddenly speaking with the accent of wherever they came from, right? Like, I went to Japan. I lived in Japan for a period of time. I would never presume to walk around and pretend as though I was Japanese for a number of reasons. But it would, you know, like... But somehow Hilaria Baldwin has literally, to your point, crafted a saleable persona, a persona that she makes money off of, um, that is totally... Not who she is. And it's not just that she's like wearing her I love Spain button or, you know, like waving the Spanish flag um, every opportunity. She's like dying her hair color mm-hmm. and speaking with a fake accent and forgetting her native language on camera.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 stop and you pause and you really contemplate the grift that has been unfolding before our eyes for the past decade but not only that bradley is that hilaria hillary baldwin really committed in a way that is next level in as much as she gave all her children spanish names yes In th- that's like a tangible like your child now has a name now and on the one hand Pretty sure that's JLo lo And P.S., the person behind all of this
1: is Chris Jenner,
0: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
1: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
0: And perhaps I do have an emotional connection to this part of the world and I want to honor that.
1: Well, it's like, for example, it's like every American who has Irish ancestry who names their kids Seamus or Siobhan, right? Like that's that's a thing, right? And you know you have an uncle who like wears a kilt and you're like, you have never been to Scotland. Like like three generations ago there were people in Scotland that were related to like I understand the need to grasp onto something um to feel a part of something. Yes. But this is so immediate. This is not cultural appreciation. It's it's like appropriation, because the other part of this piece with um, Hilaria Baldwin is that she talks about, um, you know, she she conflates her Spanishness with um, Latin American culture, and that's not the same. No, it's And not. so she's kind of a, you know, that's where it gets really, uh, I don't know, problematic. But also, it's the, the, the thing that's so maddening about all of this, Holly, is it was sitting there. It was sitting there in plain sight for anyone to be like, frequently throughout any interview, she changes her accent and not just like slightly, like she goes from full on American English to I'm somebody who grew up speaking spanish which she did not she grew up speaking english as her first language went to school speaking english in her first language her high school classmates said as much right. i mean all of these people are like yeah this is not a, there's no mystery here
0: right and her high school classmates who were in the united states her american classmates being like oh yeah hillary went to this school <laughs> her
1: name is hillary her
0: name is hillary <laughs> we went to school together and uh, she is not from Spain now. And I mean, she might be fluent in Spanish and she might be, have a, a good grasp of uh, how to pronounce things in a local dialect. And so but that's that's neither here nor there. But it's but Hilaria Baldwin, you know, and Bradley, you were gone last week. But she's one of those celebrities that I guess personally where I'm like, well, you're such a non celebrity. And I see what's happening with stories about you. That you obviously have a good publicist putting your stories out front and center in a way where it's like, I don't, why are we paying attention to you? Well, I I don't understand your celebrity other than the fact that you are in relation to another celebrity. And obviously you have a good publicist because there was this whole storyline last week of Amy Schumer posting a picture of Hilaria Baldwin on her own Instagram account, kind of making a joke about mm, maybe the nature of female bodies post-childbirth and the expectations around them. Basically, Amy Schumer being a little self-deprecating that she can't live up to the body standards of Hilaria Baldwin, who's in a thong with her butt cheek out with her baby. Yeah,
1: holding her baby. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then they got into it, and then Hilaria Baldwin went in and was kind of like, haha, ha it's funny, but it's not. Because it's body-shaming. And she goes on and is really long-winded about it. Also, she
1: is the wife of Alec Baldwin, one of the biggest trolls, (laughs) celebrity (laughs) trolls on the internet. I mean, he literally yells at people in the street, and she has been trying to sell this image of a, you know, and, and not that you are your husband. I'm not trying to make that comparison. I'm just saying that a person like Alec Baldwin being in a relationship with a person like Hilaria Baldwin, like, the, those things didn't add up. But now it becomes clear that, like, c- clearly everyone around her was totally fine indulging her fantastical persona.
0: Yes, like yes. people
1: knew this was not real, well,
0: and uh, and not only in her personal relationship with somebody like Alec Baldwin, but what did Hilaria, Hillary Baldwin's agents? What did they know? What did the people at the Today Show know? What did the people at Extra know? How like this this kind of lie can only perpetuate itself in a system that tolerates the lie.
1: Yeah. And again I think it's it it's kind of perfect for our time a perfect example of our time wherein nobody looks too deeply into anything and then we get to a point where we are a decade into this woman completely <laughs> like grifting on, on a lie that we that we was right in front of us. Mhm. Mm. Mm. That story is going to develop. I guarantee there's going to be more in that story. You know what else? There's going to be more of crazy, stupid idiots when we come back. Dumb people doing dumb things right here on My Talk 1071. Back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. Streaming live and doing everything crazy, stupid, idiot at mytalk 1071com I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. Colleen will be back on Monday of next week. It's Monday of this week. It's a long story but you understand it let's get right to the crazy stupid idiots
0: hold on a second Mm -hmm. okay somebody stole my crazy stupid (gasps) idiot
1: Rude.
0: hold on i don't even know how to oh
1: i could do the thing
0: oh okay go for it these
1: are your crazy stupid idiots
0: Ah! Ah! okay i got an issue somebody's messing with my buttons and I Ooh. don't know who it was. Could also don't be the computer. Buttons, so what am I going to do instead of just create... play something else? Okay, great. <laughs> um, why don't I will we... make it
1: work? <laughs> um, okay. Crazy, stupid idiots, dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again. Oftentimes in the state of Florida.
0: Florida. Wow, that was sad. But somebody messed with the button, we'll and there. quite frankly, I don't know where it went.
1: It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's what you expect? <laughs>
0: yeah. Where okay, are we going? I don't know.
1: This this often happens um, when one of us is gone for a while. I don't know what crazy, stupid idiots you guys have talked about. So stop me if you've heard this story. I want to tell you about a guy in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Okay. And it involves golf clubs. Did you did you tell a golf club story? Recently? I don't think so. Okay, good. I want to tell you about this guy. Um, apparently, um, we got to talk about this guy from Tampa, Florida. He was arrested after doing something from a van that ultimately earned him crazy, stupid, idiot status.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Would you like to know what it is that he did? In a van? In a van down by the river.
0: Was it...
1: No. No. Thankfully, or not, depending on your particular perspective. Some yeah, people I mean, like those stories.
0: Yeah, well, okay, so um, did he go to a fast food restaurant and use the drive through inappropri- inappropriately?
1: Well, remember, I said it involved golf clubs in a van.
0: Oh, okay. Did, did he, I
1: not say that? Did did, I say that? Yeah,
0: you said golf clubs. Did he smash the van with golf clubs?
1: No, but close. Okay, so here's the story. His name is Jonathan Edward Day. He is 41 years old. And he got really animated the other day. And that is when he found himself in a van with some golf clubs. And here's what he did. So troopers say they received a complaint, state troopers, that is, um, about a driver heading northbound on Interstate 75 doing something from his work van. And the thing he was doing was throwing golf clubs Mm -mm. from his van. He literally was tossing golf clubs out his vehicle as he was uh, hurtling up uh, Interstate 75. When a trooper caught up to him, he was able to pull him over, and that's when things got even worse. So it wasn't bad enough that he was hurtling, um, or hurling, hurtling? He was hurling golf clubs, which went hurtling out of the van. When he got out to face the officer, he went at the officer with a golf club.
0: It's, you know,
1: so not yeah. a, not so, a
0: good life choice. There.
1: Luckily, they were able to subdue him, thereby preventing him from hurting anyone else or himself.
0: Yay! Yay! <sighs>
1: uh, golf clubs.
0: Yeah, only good you for have golf. A crazy, stupid idiot. Yeah, I do. Now we're gonna go to California, right?
1: Good. It's warm.
0: Well, actually, they got a torrential thunderstorm. If you follow it on Twitter, people were freaking out. Don't worry. Thunderstorms thunderstorm. are okay. Yeah, they had a <laughs> thunderstorm overnight in Los Angeles with lots of winds and thunder, and it scared a lot of people. Because here's, things. yeah, I know poor things. Because that's the thing with Los Angeles when it rains a little bit, the whole town shuts down. Um, oh, God. Uh, we're going to Los Angeles, though, and something does not seem to be adding up in this story. Okay. That's why I'm just putting it in the realm of crazy stupid idiots. So, there was a theft. Somebody broke into somebody's Tesla and stole something <laughs> really, really valuable. Okay. A 18th century violin worth more than $700,000 was stolen Whoa. from a Tesla in Los Angeles.
1: Why are you driving around with a $700,000 violin?
0: Well, exactly. But here's the thing. So the $700,000 violin was made in 1710 and built by Hieronymus the II, which apparently, Bradley, we're not fancy enough to understand that that was one of the most famous violin makers in history. I've
1: only heard of somebody named Stradivarius. Yeah. Is Is he related?
0: Uh, I bet they're cousins or something. But this violin was inside an art dealer's car. The car was unlocked. Oh, my God. And was stolen from this guy's house on December 8th. Now, the art dealer said that he was moving the violin from a previous location that he felt was not secure enough. But then this guy in
1: a location that was even less yeah, secure. Then,
0: but then the guy accidentally left his car unlocked, he says, just for a moment while he went into his house. And then when he came back, the prize possession was gone.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Now so was
0: the car, too. Somebody
1: on that block had to have a ring cam or one of those Nest cams or, you know, the security th- systems.
0: Yeah. I just like all the, th- the all the things are not adding up in a way that.
1: Oh, do you, you know, think maybe
0: like an inside job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, now according to like, LAPD, oh, I just
1: happened to look away for a moment and suddenly it disappeared.
0: Yeah, a spokesperson for the FBI is telling the New York Post that according to the LAPD, a car thief was believed to have been in the area and that the person may have stolen the car and didn't understand that the violin was inside the car. So, I find that to be a little mm, convenient in all of this because yeah, either this guy this art dealer is a crazy stupid idiot or in fact this person is maybe trying to commit some kind of fraud and then I'm kind of and then it's kind of like well
1: good luck to you do you get insurance money then presumably he gets an insurance policy but i wonder if like leaving the door unlocked is going <laughs> to nullify that insurance policy well
0: sir you were stupid So your insurance policy is now null and void.
1: Act of God, sure. Act of stupidity, no.
0: Exactly. Now, apparently this guy has been targeted by thieves before, this art dealer.
1: Even more of a reason to lock your door, dude.
0: Yeah, so back in 2011, there was a pencil drawing by Pablo Picasso that was stolen (laughs) from his gallery. What Who? by a guy this who guy just... needs
1: to not be trusted <laughs> Thank with high priced items.
0: Thank you. This uh, Picasso drawing was stolen by a guy who just went into the art gallery and then walked out with the, the piece of art tucked under a newspaper.
1: Yeah, this sounds a little too something. Something's suspicious about. this. Yeah,
0: something stinks here. Anyways, uh, if you happen to know where the violin by Hieronymus Amadi II is, please give the FBI a call. They would like it back, please.
1: <laughs> no questions asked. No questions. Only asked. Only they will. Yeah. Um, all right. That was where? That was in California. That was in California. All right. Can we go to Pennsylvania? Of
0: course. Of course.
1: Did you have you told any meth Pennsylvania stories recently?
0: Maybe. Maybe. But tell us to it and tell us anyways.
1: Okay, so do you remember a guy named Mark Hiles? He's fifty six years young. He was arrested on Saturday for allegedly doing something from a storage unit.
0: Yes, yes. But tell us again, because this is okay, a good I'm gonna one. I'm going to tell you again. There are multiple idiots in this story.
1: <laughs> yes, there are. In fact, so Mark Hiles, he was arrested on Saturday for allegedly selling drugs from a storage unit that was several blocks from his home in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Um, he is facing a misdemeanor Uh, or excuse me, not a misdemeanor, a pair of felony drug charges and three misdemeanors. Now, according to police, um, Mr. Hiles and somebody named Tyler Bartley were arrested after investigators found them uh, inside his storage unit, which appeared to be being used as a residence. Yeah. Which you're not supposed to do.
0: No, you're not.
1: So apparently he admitted to working as a middleman, setting up drug transactions between street buyers and Mr. Hiles. Um, There was a large amount of methamphetamine in the storage unit um, and just a lot of other paraphernalia that indicated uh, nothing good was happening. Um, In a post-arrest interview, Mr. Hiles was asked about all the foot traffic to and from his storage unit. He explained that he likes to have his friends by because... They know he has meth, and he was just giving them a, uh, some free meth. It was not a sale; it was just free.
0: See, like that's a good, that's a decent loophole. It's not yeah, going to work, I, but it's decent. I don't,
1: I don't feel like it's a legal loophole. <laughs> no, whether you're giving away, your well, meth for because free. you're
0: technically not. Maybe you're not selling them. You're not dealing them. You're just yeah. doing an act of charity and a solid for <laughs> your friends. Like come by, come by the storage unit, and I'll give you a little baggie. Yeah, it's
1: you know it's a free it's on the house.
0: Yeah, it's on the house or on the storage unit. <laughs>
1: well, I was going to say the house in this particular case was a storage unit, and no, you can't live in a storage unit. No, that'd be creepy. Storage units scare me. I never want to have a storage unit because I feel like every time I've ever come across a storage unit in popular culture, it's nothing good is going to happen. There's a dead body. There's something being hidden from a crime.
0: I will say that going into storage units when you're by yourself and they're really big and climate controlled, it is quite off putting because then you're like, nobody like when it's
1: an old warehouse, you mean?
0: Yeah. Like it's an old warehouse or if you go, some of the fancier storage units are climate controlled and, and they're just really dark and isolated it's like, no one would hear me scream if I was in here alone. Yeah,
1: and you just know (laughs) that there's, like, a ghost or there's, like, a serial killer. It's not going to end well. Or, again, some, like, hermit has been, like, living out of one for, like, 40 years and nobody noticed. And you're going to be the one that finds out and they're not going to let you survive because you'll ruin it for them. Okay, so now that I've written that plot (laughs) to an upcoming mystery novel... um, when we come back, we are going to do the Throwback Live at 2.45, right, Holly? Yeah. I think Rocco is joining us today. I'm very excited because, uh, well, I'm a little rusty, and uh, it'll be a good challenge to wake up the senses. We'll do the Throwback Live at 2.45 when we come back right here on my Talk 1071. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search.